We'd like to thank our title sponsor, Principal Services, for their support of our upcoming SISD Education Foundation Men Who Cook event. Thank you so much for all you do for our district and for our foundation. Hello, Splendora ISD. Welcome to our podcast, All That and a Bag of Chips. I'm Carrie Garza. Nathan Bally. And we are here with our amazing superintendent, Dr. Jeff Burke. Good morning. I'm, it's a pleasure to be on this morning. Uh, the, I was telling both of you guys, this is my probably third podcast to participate in. So I'm excited to be here and have a good discussion with y'all. Absolutely. And in true Splendora ISD fashion, we're going to start with good things. And Dr. Burke, you want to go first? Absolutely. So uh, most of my good things these days revolve around my kids. As you guys know, I have a seven-year-old daughter who will be eight in October. Mm -hmm. And then I have a three-year-old son uh, who will be four in October, uh, both October babies. And so we were at the volleyball game last night, and my son, I think we're going to have to have a discussion with him about this at some point, but uh, Beckett is a hugger. So he was hugging everyone at the game. He gives good hugs. Police officers, admin on (laughs) duties, opposing fans. Anybody that said, hey, go shake their hand, it turned into a hug. So I just think that it's awesome that my kids feel comfortable and safe here. um, And it just makes me happy as a dad. Absolutely. That's outstanding. What about you, Nathan? Uh, So mine actually is tied to the podcast, believe it or not, Dr. Burke. uh, We have a listener in the UK. Um, Somebody in the UK has listened and also New York. Um, So that's pretty exciting. Not quite sure how they picked us up. I'm thinking maybe all that in a bag of chips, Chips. fish and chips. Yeah, that's what (laughs) I was thinking. So we should say hello to them, right? (laughs) Yeah. Hey there, UK, New York. (laughs) But that's mine. It's really cool to see that. My good thing is my kids, too. Um, I have a 21-year-old and a 16-year-old, and I don't get them both in a room together very often. In the last few days, I've been able to see both of them together. They both live very busy lives as, as they should out having fun. So, But it was nice to have them both together. So that's my good thing. All right. So, Dr. Burke, let's get into this podcast. Again, let's we're so grateful that you're here today. We know your schedule is very busy, um, but your voice, your vision is so important to Splendora ISD and, and really to, to the state of Texas and educators everywhere. So let's talk about our Splendora ISD mission and vision a little bit of cultivating exceptional people. Talk sure. to us about um, how that was developed, the whole journey getting there. Okay. So I arrived here in February of 2017. I was fortunate enough to get this opportunity to lead the district. Um, and so I knew that we needed to do some uh, visioning work. And so we worked with the flipping group, mm-hmm. uh, Capturing Kids Hearts. Right. They came in and did an organizational blueprint, and we had several board members, a few community members, and then some staff who participated in a, in a two- or three-day uh, training uh, to really develop our mission, vision, core principles, and learner profile. And we kind of had a vision that we've now turned into the learner profile. It really did list the qualities and attributes that we want our kids to have when they graduate. So we just knew that we needed something a little bit more aspirational. Mm-hmm. and inspirational and, and the focus uh, and I think that was when I realized it was the right place for me to be because I think everyone in that room was receptive to to not just having a vision that was you know unattainable or maybe too um, too out there I guess and, and really should reflect the values of the community so I think when when we came up with cultivating exceptional people it goes beyond you know a, a test and it goes beyond 
just uh, learning content. It really goes to the to the whole person. And so I was, that was the the first part of that. Uh, then we followed that with the discovery process with the Schlechty Center, mm-hmm. where we helped kind of flesh out some of the core principles and the beliefs. Uh, worked with Natalie Glover, who who was instrumental in helping guide TASA to their 2025 vision. So I think it was just uh, kind of an amalgamation of a lot of people and a lot of ideas and a, and a pretty open process. Uh, and something that, that we really do hold dear here in Splendor. And, and we've all been in different organizations in different districts where they have a vision statement or a mission statement, and, uh, and, and that's not always followed and it's not always reviewed. I think we do that well, and I think I might have misspoke. Our mission is cultivating exceptional people. Our vision is, you know, right people, right things, right, right way right resources and right relationships. And that was all born out of that same process. But it was really, really good, really inclusive, and I feel like still uh, resonates today. So Carrie and I were having a conversation the other day, and it was really about your leadership and how the things you've done within the district has sort of amplified the culture that was already within this community and um, and how that's not real common, right? Like, and and we were attributing that to the idea of becoming a learning organization. Right? We're taking these bureaucratic kind of part of education out and eliminating that as much as we can, but really making it about the people. So the second the second comment I have has to do with the vision. Um, and I, I was thinking about this on my way to work today. Uh, it, it's very refreshing to be working with an, or in an organization that it's not micromanaged, right? Um, the vision is, is putting people, the right people, in the right place with the right resources. And, and that's so smart because what that allows you to do and other leaders to do is to say, hey, do you have the things you need? Here, take it and go. I trust you with what you you know what you're trying to accomplish right yeah and I, and I think that's you know you mentioned that that might be uncommon you know I wish it was more common right mm-hmm. um, and I think just arriving here at this part of my career I think I'm at 28 years now um, you know it's my sixth district to, to work in I grew up in a community very much like this one in Sour Lake went to Hardin Jefferson High School in the Golden Triangle I uh, started off my career at Little Cypress Mauriceville, both one high school towns. And so I think there's something special and unique about a one high school town and and that community and and the the part that the public education uh, system plays and the the district plays in in that community. I think it's important that we always have to remember that we're here for people, right? Our kids are people, our teachers are people, our community are people, our parents want the best for their kids. And so if we don't focus on them, what are we really doing? Right. Yeah, and Dr. Burke, I think you provide such clarity with that for us here in Splendora ISD. And the mission of cultivating exceptional people is so ingrained in who we are and even into our kids, right? Like I've been with my daughter places and somebody mentions cultivating and she finishes it with exceptional people. (laughs) What I love about that mission statement, it it truly is inclusive. I mean, it can reference community members, students, staff, administrators. It it truly encompasses everyone and, and gives us something to strive for, not only within ourselves, but as we grow each other, um, as we reach out um, to help one another grow and to learn, even teachers across the hall from each other, right? As they're right. planning together, designing together, and and being support for one another, that's part of that mission of cultivating exceptional people. 
So Dr. Burke, you talked about kind of where you started and where you started mm-hmm. in, in your career. So I want you to think back to your first year as a teacher. Easy to do. Okay. And so you said you've been in the business for 28 years? Yes. Okay. So thinking back 28 years, if you could go back and have a conversation with that first year teacher, what would you say to him? Uh, be kinder. Be kinder. Be kinder. Um, you know, understand where kids are coming from. You know, when I started, I started off teaching at 22. I just turned 22. You're very young. Very young. And I had uh, taught five sections of freshman on-level English uh-huh. <laughs> and two sections of Spanish. Uh, okay. Uh, it, that, I was an emergency certified teacher. Uh-huh. Um, I, I was an uh, English major in, in college uh, after I gave up the pre-med route. Um, and so I had lots of hours in Spanish, and so it was an emergency cert for me to get. So are you bilingual? Like, no, could you bust no. out some Spanish for I us? I probably could. <laughs> uh-huh. but it, it, like, if I'm in Cozumel, which is one of my favorite places to go, I used uh-huh. to dive a lot, I can get back into it if I'm around it. Yeah. Uh, you know, my daughter's in dual language right. now, so we, we, right. we do talk a little bit, but, but by no means am I fluent. I know enough to be dangerous, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I always let people know if they're talking, if they're speaking Spanish around me, hey, I, I used to teach Spanish, and then just to see the look on their face. Yeah. Because they may not know what I know, which is not very much. <laughs> and then I, I coached three sports, and so it was it was a rough year, right? And yeah. you know, back then uh, we were given a teacher's edition. Yes. And you know, I was one day ahead of the kids, and so I, I think the advice I would give myself then um, is just slow down, learn which battles to fight. I think that's the thing, right? When you're mm-hmm. when you're teaching, especially teaching high school kids, and and the age gap's not that much. You wanna you wanna you know, be strict and, and you have these expectations that everybody's going to be like you were as a, as a student. I was really compliant. Uh, you know, my dad was my principal. So, you know, I, I knew how to navigate public school. A lot of our kids don't, right? right? By no fault of their own. And so I think that that advice would be just, you know, just relax a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Prepare. Like mm-hmm. spend some time preparing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard you 22, say you were one day ahead. Yeah, but at 22, it's like, hey, <laughs> you know, I'm, I have a I have a paycheck for the first time in my life. Yeah, you yeah, know, so you actually I, had some money in your pocket. I did, I did. So which I didn't manage it very well. I would okay. So that makes me think of another thing. I would tell my younger self to invest. Yeah. You know, we have all these people that come up and talk to us about annuities and things like that, and you just don't have that perspective at that age. Mm-hmm. And and if we all took the time to do that when we were young, I think we'd be much better off. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. That made me think about, I remember being early in, in my career and someone coming in to talk about that. And I remember thinking retirement so far from me. Like I'm not even like, I'm not even listening. I need to be in my classroom. There are a million other things I need to be doing. Yeah. I need, I need my weekend budget. I don't have, <laughs> yeah. I don't have room to send that out. Yeah. So. I need some new shoes. That's what I need right now. I need to think about where I'm going to spend my money this weekend. So yeah, that is so true. So all of our new teachers in the career, you just heard it from Dr. Burke, invest 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 listen mm-hmm. to those investors coming to absolutely just to talk to you that's great advice yeah, you start i mean start small with what you can afford and then and then build on it you know because yeah. you're right we just don't you don't have that perspective when you're that young no no you know no and some of those are hard lessons learned Ooh, they are <laughs> that's good nathan what about you what would you sell your younger self so i've never been a counter so i i, I well I did. I started off and, and I would count like days to vacation and all that kind of stuff. I, yeah. This is probably a good one. And then there was one day I was walking down the hallway and it was my first year of teaching and um, our our math specialist, I was just walking by, I can't remember her name, 
But um, I mentioned to her, I said, oh, we got, you know, 10 more days until whatever break we were going towards. And she stopped me. She said, you know, if you keep counting that and keep look forward to, looking forward to your uh, vacation, then you're just going to wish your life away. Yeah. And then from that moment on, I just stopped. And even now, so anybody who, like at Peach Creek or, or anyone, if they've ever come to me and they'll say, hey, you know, we have this much longer until our next break or, you know, this much longer till we're out of school. And I tell them, look, I don't even want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't count. It, it makes it go faster anyway. And, you know, I'm going to enjoy the day that I'm in uh, and, and not look forward to, I mean, I want to look forward to things, but it, I don't mean it that way. But, you know, not at the, um, not at losing what I'm experiencing today. Yeah, yeah. It makes me think of just like marinating in the moment, right? Yeah. And we talked about being present even last time at our last podcast. And so that kind of goes with that too, just being present and enjoying where you are in life and in the day, because you're right, like the days go by so fast and enjoying each part of each, each part, each step of your career is really important too. Uh, so, Dr. Burke, you know, we went through COVID here in Splendor ISD like the rest of the world did. Um, when you think about navigating that experience for us as a district, what do you think, what What were some of your biggest challenges, some of the biggest pieces? Because I, I know you well enough to know that you spent lots of sleepless nights thinking about how to keep everybody safe and continue with educating our kids. Yeah. What were some of your biggest challenges through that? Well, I think that was the biggest challenge of my career was deciding when to bring, when and how to bring our kids back. And I remember, you know, we had lots of discussion internally. I was having discussions with the other superintendents in Montgomery County, superintendents in TASA. Nobody knew, right? We didn't know the, what we know now, obviously. And so we were, we were forced to make decisions on uh, inaccurate information and guidance from Mm -hmm. lots of different people. And and just the political climate at that time uh, didn't help, right? And so it was hard to know who to trust and what to trust. And and ultimately, you know, when we decided to bring our kids back on a staggered schedule, right. you know, that was the hard. There were two things. One, the, the obviously the most challenging part of that was like, am I am I bringing kids back to die? Mm-hmm. That, you know, you have yes. to ask yourself that question and or, or my staff and, and all that, you know, and. And, you know, luckily the research we had, you know, at the, at the time showed that there was less risk for kids. Right. Um, <clears throat> So obviously that was the hardest thing. I mean, right. you know, that's that's the hardest thing for all of us, right? And education is you never want to lose a kid and by any mm-hmm. circumstance or under any circumstance. The second part of that was I had made a commitment to the other superintendents in Montgomery County that we were all going to follow the same path, mm-hmm. right? And I just didn't feel good about that in my mm-hmm. gut. And I remember talking to Dr. Nolan Conroe and I called him because he and I talk a lot, a lot more than pro- people probably know. And I said, man, I just, I can't do it. I've got to bring my kids back on this. My community is telling me this. This is what I have to do. And so he said, hey, man, you got to do what you got to do. We support you. And then Magnolia did it. And then other folks started doing it too. I'm not saying we were the first ones to think of that. It was by no means like a, an epiphany, but it just felt like that was the right thing to do for our community. And it was. It was you know? the right I mean, thing. We, we were able to come in and kind of get our practices down. And, and I think just everyone's anxiety was so high at that time. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you had people yelling about masks and no one wanted to put masks on. Right. We, we knew the the uh, the challenges that presented educationally for our teachers. But at the same time, like, you, you know, when you it's kind of going back to Maslow's. Right. You just think about survival. Right. Or if that's the number one thing on your mind. Right. And absolutely. So I think that was 
that was really challenging. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I, I, we just had such great support from our community, from our staff, and I don't think that was just something that happened in the moment. It was the it was the years before that where we tried to build up trust with our community mm-hmm. through hurricanes and other challenges that we had. That you know we we had that kind of cachet of, of goodwill built up, right? right? We had those deposits. Right. And so we, we made some withdrawals during that time to be sure, mm-hmm. uh, especially as things started getting kind of crazy and wonky politically. So I, I think that was, but it, was, it made me feel really good about our community. Uh, we had it way better uh, than a lot of, of communities did, right? And I think I had one person the whole time coming to a board meeting mm-hmm. and talk about masks and they, and they were polite and pleasant. So right. it just, I think it was a good, uh, a good uh, indication of, of how close knit our, our school district and community uh, continues to be. Mm-hmm. I agree. Of course, I have to, you know, brag on Splendora in general, right? Because mm-hmm. I do believe we have the best community and, and they believe in us as an organizational structure. Um, and, I remember that staggered start so vividly, right? And what and was I remember be- you asking me, can we do this every year from now on? I, I so. did ask you if we could <laughs> was, do probably that. Not. I probably did. I'm not. sure the I'm sure the high school would love that. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me tell you because we started with um, with the littles, and it was so nice just to have the littles in the building first mm-hmm. to let them acclimate before we brought in the bigger kids. So yeah, that was pretty and, great. You know, you were opening a brand new campus. We did in the middle of a pandemic, which was a challenge in and of itself, and not not being able to show that campus off and the way that that you know we all wanted you to be able to do and but I mean it was uh I think looking back on your career that was probably one of the most challenging things to do as well it it was a huge challenge and that's when I think back about that element of trust right Mm -hmm. so we had four-year-olds going through the car rider line and parents couldn't come inside and so we were opening car doors and saying welcome we're so glad you're here and a lot of parents had had not been in the building and for sure had not Mm -hmm. had an opportunity to build relationships with us and that goes back to what you were saying about the building trust right and I think that's you have modeled that for all of us so beautifully and thinking back to that time and how scary it was and how we navigated that together as an organization just to think that you know how hard it is for parents to drop off their kids for the first time now right and just imagine the fear they had right right. letting them go into a building that they'd never seen with people Mm -hmm. they'd never met Mm-hmm. in the middle of a pandemic yeah that, that does require a lot of trust yeah yeah we yeah. did it we did it mm-hmm. yeah i'd say one of the hardest parts of thinking back and i don't want this to become a post-covid analysis podcast but that spring of 20 when you know our saw so- i'll always remember this our softball team was 16 yeah. and one yeah. ranked number one in the state and we had to shut down the season and I remember being on the on the uh, field with those kids mm-hmm. and trying to make sure they were six feet apart, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, with Coach Eubanks and and just around that that just feeling of loss, yeah. You know, for those kids and our coaches and mm-hmm. but they handled it well. The community handled it well. But mm-hmm. you know, when you know you you pretty much have a state championship lying right in front of you and having to, mm-hmm. which obviously wasn't our decision. That was a, a statewide decision. But right. it, that was a. Which is tough. There's just some missed opportunities. Not just the education that was missed, and yeah. but the relationships that were missed, the yeah. the opportunities to excel and achieve things that were missed, and it's just that you can't replace that loss. Yeah, right. you know, I think we did the best we could, but we did. You know, it was it was still pretty painful. It so was. we we learned a lot through that yeah. process, and and some of the things that were leading up to it, right? Like you mentioned the different hurricanes and and that sort of stuff. Um, so 
we have a, fa- uh, a challenge facing us right now, right? Staring us right in the face is this growth that we're about Absolutely. to have or that we're at the just we're in it. The cusp of yeah. it. Like it's starting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and probably going a little bit faster than we anticipated. Um, so how have some of the lessons we've learned from these recent challenges prepared us for this growth that's coming? That's a good question. And one thing I would, I would say is growth is a good thing. Yeah. You know, even though it presents challenges and it yeah. does change some, you know, it, it, it obviously changes a lot of things, but people want to be here, mm-hmm. right, which is a good thing. Uh, so, you know, when you look back and comparing the growth to COVID, I, I want to be sure that we're <laughs> one of those was very challenging and not a good thing. And the other, you know, is, is uh, you know, I guess if it's manageable, right, mm-hmm. then it's a good thing. But I think some of the the commonalities and parallels that I would see in in the challenges that you mentioned before, Nathan, and and now the growth. It's it's communication. It's pre planning. It's being able to and I'll, and I'll say this word, which I know has become, you know, a, a kind of a negative word, but to, to be able to pivot and be flexible. Mm. You right? said the word pivot. I did say pivot. And you I think said you to, were never going to say pivot know, ever again. I was watching Friends the other night, <laughs> which my wife, she hates that show, but when when, when Ross is moving the yes, couch, she's like, the pivot, couch. pivot. It's, it's <laughs> I awesome. love that episode. Um, but, but I think it's just being flexible and yeah. being, uh, you know, and, and it's funny you bring this up. We had a visit from another district who is on the cusp of this growth. They're about two mm. years behind us. They came and visited us with, visited with us yesterday. Uh, and just, hey, what'd you learn? And and so we had a two-hour conversation, yeah. right, about what we've learned planning for this. And, you know, I always kind of go back to that Mike Tyson quote, like everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, right? Yeah. <laughs> and in many ways, you can plan and plan and plan, but Timberlake screwed at 38% yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. You can't prepare for that, mm-hmm. right? right? You know, you, you don't. You don't know what you don't know in some respects. And so just things like staffing and, and moving faster and – you can't say, well, we've never done that before. Mm-hmm. You just have to say, this is right. the new, this is the new world, and we have to adjust to it, right? right? And so, and so, moving faster, and that means having processes in place where you can move faster. Where right. I'm, what I had to learn was I couldn't be the the choke point for all decisions, mm-hmm. right? And so, you talked about empowerment earlier, making sure that we have good functional teams right. that can make those decisions yeah. without my direct input or my direct decision. And, you know, the things that need to be, I think people, our people know to come to me if they need that decision. So I think just, I can't do everything by myself. You know, you can't do everything by yourself, Carrie, as as the exec director of teaching and learning. So you've got to empower your people to make those decisions that they can make and that they should be able to make. And I think when, when we have that sort of uh, fluidity in our organization, mm-hmm. I think it makes it a lot easier. Um, you know, just one of the biggest things that I that I talked to this district about was to make sure you have enough people for registration because that was a that thing is it's because you don't know and, and usually it's like uh, this happens one time a year at the beginning of the year, but now it's all the time. It's constant. Right. Mm-hmm. So how do we appropriately staff and budget for that? Right. When you know when when we're July one budget, which is more challenging because mm-hmm. we already have to have a little bit of risk when we do our budget. Um, and then when you're, you know, the, the money doesn't really come in until a year later, you know, I think eventually we're going to get out of this. You know, we're, we're starting the fast growth. You look at New Caney, you look at Conroe that, you know, they have their economies of scale in place to where now they can, they can prepare and plan better. Right. Right. I think we'll be in much better shape next year, the year after, as we get more acclimated to, to what that growth feels like, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, when do we add a second AP at the elementary? When do we add another bus driver? How do we accommodate for 
you know, do we go to a third tier of bus systems? All those conversations have to be had. And so what we what we advise this district is pre-plan, 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 mm-hmm. way earlier than you ever have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're starting our budget conversations for next year in September, this yeah. year. Yeah. 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 And so I, I just, yeah. And I do, I still think this goes back to trust, right? Because we're talking about fast growth and you talked about empowering your people, you know, and, and we had to take a sharp right turn with curriculum, right? Mm-hmm. As a result of some data that we saw and some changes that needed to happen um, for our kids. And so I remember coming to you t- to talk about this right turn we're going to have to make when we shifted from from the curriculum that we had poured our life into 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 this other this other product for a while right while we rebuilt the hpls right and i was so nervous coming to you um because we share a vision of what we feel like is best for kids and how we need to get there to to design experiences for kids right and one of the things you said to me is this is why i hired you and i trust you and the like, I still get anxiety right now thinking about going to you to have that conversation. <laughs> um, but I knew it was best for our kids, mm-hmm. and I lost sleep over that decision. Right. But when you said, "I trust you," but with that comes the level of responsibility, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because when your superintendent is saying, "I trust you," well, then you better be making good choices because because he's empowering you to make those, and so. When you when you instill that level of trust and that empowerment, you're also increasing that level of accountability mm-hmm. for us, which is a fantastic thing um, because we love our community. And so that even makes it more important than even when we are hiring for our departments or when principals are hiring for teachers, making sure that we are fulfilling that vision and that we're walking in step with the vision of Splendor ISD. And Dr. Burke, I'll never forget Dwayne Brashear and I at a conference, right? Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how, you know, we believe in, in the vision of, of, of your work and, and um, what you believe in and, and talking, just talking about how much we believe in what you do for public education in general, not just for Splendor ISD. And somebody made a comment of like, we'll follow you anywhere. And you said to us, you follow the work not the person. Mm-hmm. That's one of those comments that will forever impact me because it is the work of public education because right. public education is the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we think about our dual language programs that we have here in Splendor ISD, and now we have them on every elementary campus, which is an amazing thing for our kids. It is. We can have a child from an affluent home sitting right beside a child from poverty both being exposed to two languages, and when they complete the program, they will be bilingual and biliterate. That's an incredible opportunity for our kids. It is. And so when I think about what you said, follow the work, like that's what it's about. And I know you have this amazing passion for public education. Mm -hmm. So thinking about that, Dr. Burke, what is your, talk to us about your passion for public education. Sure. So I think a lot of it is what you just said, mm-hmm. right? And, and you know, I say this all the time, like I really do believe public education is the foundation of our democracy, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. which is not in good shape right now. Um, you know, with the attacks on public ed, you know, it's right. like, why do we have to fight for it, right? It should right. be a given, you know? Um, but my parents were both educators, right? My dad I, was my elementary principal. Um, I've told lots of stories about that. 
uh, while, I've, while I've been here. Uh, my mom was a reading teacher. Um, and so it was just that you, when you grow up in the, I, I'll say it, when you grow up in the life, right, you, you pick up on things and, and you see the impact that it makes on everyone in the community. Because I remember when I was a kid, my earliest memories riding a, riding a bus with my dad's basketball team, right, when he was coaching. Mm-hmm. And I remember that and, and just like, oh, it's cool. And my, and my kids are having the same experience, right. which is really neat. But I just remember answering the phone at, at the house and it's like, hey, it's Coach Burke there. And by that time, my dad was a principal, and but it, everybody still called him Coach Burke. And, mm-hmm. and just those relationships that you build, that place of value that you hold in the community, not, not value for yourself, but value to others. And just being around my parents and seeing the impact that they made, then all my friends, right? So the friends I have in high school, they're still my best friends today. Mm-hmm. Right. And from that group, I think we've got, you know, I've told this story before, all starting, all, the whole starting five has our doctorate, right, and our coach. And, and we all just pushed each other. And a lot of us are educators or have been in education. And so I just think it's that, that, uh, that sense of, of service that we bring, right. you know, to kids, which I think is, that, that's my passion, right. And, mm-hmm. and I knew, and the first time that I really, well, when I was a teacher, I had a, I had a student that told me that if it wasn't for my class, God did, you know, he didn't think God had a place for him in the world, which yeah. that's pretty impactful. Yeah. But when I was sitting up there at, during a board meeting and I had, we had a kid from Peach Creek, I think it was Peach Creek, came up and said she went home and developed a social contract for her I, family. I remember that. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. All right. So we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk about educational movies. All right. Okay. I love movies. I know you're a movie buff, Dr. Burke. Nathan, you're a movie buff also. Ish. Oh. I mean, I, it's it's all relative, right? Like, Dr. Burke's on a different level than I am. <laughs> no, I, I love Step Brothers, so I'm not that, I'm not, I'm not on a different level. But that is not an educational movie. <laughs> well, Maybe I guess it, can, it depends on do. the perspective. Yeah, exactly. Step Brothers is a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. Qu- uh, very quotable. Very quotable. Yeah, we say those quotes, some of those stepbrothers quotes a lot. And if Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are listening, we, we love your work. Uh-huh. And if you'd like to visit Splendor ISD. You, yes, please come, because we did just have a movie filmed here. Yes, we did. Yes. That was an experience, too. We may need to talk about that we, at we some might. point, too. Okay, so Dr. Burke, what's your favorite educational movie? Oh, without a doubt, it's Mr. Holland's Opus. Mr. Holland's, Mr. Holland's Opus. I didn't yeah. even think about that yeah. one. Love it. Talk to us about why you love it so much. I think, you know, just it came out in time when I was teaching and maybe I was going through a, just like a little lull or whatever, but I just love the the journey that he goes through as an educator, you know, and I remember the, the part where he's talking to his principal and she's like, well, maybe if you didn't beat the kids out of here in your car, you know, you'd, you'd find you yeah. know, more of a purpose for being here. But I think that's a, I think that's a movie about a guy finding his passion when he thought one thing different about his life and he had a, a journey that he... Um, thought a path that he thought he was on and that he wanted to go, but God revealed a different path. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. expressly say that in the movie, but yeah, it you know, infers it's like it. It reveals mm-hmm. itself, and so mm-hmm. just the, you know, that that final performance, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about yeah. Mr. Holland's I did too. opus. I didn't yeah. think about that, and I like Richard Dreyfuss too. Yeah, I, I remember the end of that with the light. The lights yes, were flashing. The sun was deaf. so he could hear the mm-hmm. the sound. I remember that moved me so much because yeah. you could like. You could feel it even through through the light. So that was an amazing movie. Yeah, I do have a little nit to pick with that. I listen to a podcast where they do nitpicks. And, uh-huh. and so the governor's in there in his orchestra, and she couldn't, like, give them, you know, 
$50,000 for fine arts. I don't know. It's just one of those things. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Yeah. There you go. Nathan, what is yours? All right. Um, I have a quote. I'm going to see if Dr. Burke can uh, can get this one. Oh, it's a quiz. Yeah. Oh, boy. And no test anxiety. This wasn't on the questions provided. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Beforehand. You got to um, present it like Jeopardy. Who is or what okay. is? No, I'm just going to say the quote. Okay. <laughs> and, and then we'll see. I'm, I'm thinking you'll probably be able to get it. Uh, this this movie was pretty popular in pop culture for um, some time. Um, definitely still with with our you know Generation X. Definitely. Oh, um, no. But the quote is: "The world is an imperfect place. Screws fall out all the time." The world is an imperfect place. Screws fall out all the time. I feel like we need elevator music or yeah. the Jeopardy music. Do, 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 yeah, this part do, do, is going to be edited do, 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 do. out. Um, <laughs> Let me it's think for not a second because I have one in my head. It's not the, uh, what's the Jack Black movie? It's not Jack Black. School of Rock? School of not Rock, that. yeah. No, 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 The world is, I, I know the quote, I just cannot place it. I don't think, I think you might have too much faith in me. <laughs> no. I just turned 50, Nathan. You might have too much faith in me. I might not me. know anything. <laughs> We're going to edit that and I gave bl- And I gave blood this morning, so I'm, I'm feeling you a little. You did give oh, blood. True. You gave three pints. Peakish, you know? <laughs> okay, I'll give you the setting. Library. Library. Oh, now I oh, know. Oh, not uh, Breakfast Club, is it? You got yes. it. Breakfast Club. Yeah, Breakfast Club. I remember If you just said two weeks, Bender, two weeks, you're mine. <laughs> That's true. I yeah. make $35,000 a year. People people respect me. What's yours? Did you already talk about yours? No, mine okay, is yours? Freedom Riders. Oh, that's a good one. So I love words. Is that Hillary Swank? Yes. Okay. I yes. love words. I love the written word. I love how words are formed together, and I think... Um, I think verbal words, you know, when we speak, I think that's great, but something about when it's written and you can refer to it later or how, you know, a child has an opportunity to express, you know, their their fears or their trials or or their joy through <laughs> through through whatever they're experiencing. And so she she was truly inspirational the way she inspired those kiddos and I just anything regarding writing in school and I taught fourth grade writing for a long time and I miss it Mm -hmm. I loved I loved teaching writing so all right so Dr. Burke what you have achieved in your career Mm -hmm. some will only aspire to right and so I think about people that I know that wanted to you know become administrators or whatever and, and that door just never opened for them for whatever reason what would your advice be to um whether it be young educators or educators that are seasoned in the field that are ready to do something different what advice would you give to them as they think about their journey and through through education well do something that you love and do something that brings value mm-hmm. i think if you can do those two things right the there are some days i don't love my job yeah right it's hard it's hard and uh but I always know that what we're doing, what we do brings value. Mm-hmm. So that gets me through to, right. where, to the point where I can love my job again. Right. And I think it's all, uh, I don't want to say seasonal, but it, but it, there's peaks and valleys. And sometimes the valleys are a little bit longer and the peaks are a little bit shorter. Right. But, but I think, it, you know, it's cyclical. It's, I'm, I'm not trying to be cliche, but I, I think if you, if you do find something that, that you love and, and that you feel good about, you know, like I always say, if I can go home and this is, um, this is obviously people have said this for many, many years. Like if you can look at yourself in the mirror and lay your head down at night and know that you did something worthwhile that day, then you're in the right place. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
And I think when we chase things, right, we, you know, in education, it's like, okay, uh, I'm going to be a teacher. Then the next thing is I'm going to be an assistant principal or an instructional mm-hmm. coach, and then mm-hmm. I'm going to be a principal. It's like don't get caught up in that, I guess, in that succession or that hamster wheel or whatever. Like yeah. just do the best job you can in the job you're doing. And yeah. I know that's what we say all the time. That is yeah. cliche, but it's yeah. true. It is true. You yeah. know, just do the best job, and someone will see your value. And if yeah. they don't, a kid will. Yeah, you know, yeah, and that's true. and that's the important part, right? Is what are we doing to bring value to others? Uh-huh. That just touched my heart a little bit talking about a kid will because you're right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes as a classroom teacher, we're working so hard, right, to do what's best for our kids. As I remember, you know, not knowing that anybody is noticing what I'm doing when I'm in the classroom because yeah. I'm so working hard for my kids. You know, but the children did notice. Yeah, and sometimes those things, you don't realize that until much later in life. Yeah. So I was cleaning out. My parents had brought me a lot of stuff from their house after it flooded in Harvey. And boxes of stuff from high school. I guess they were in the attic. And so I was, I'd, I put them in our shop of our other house. And so when we bought our new house this past fall, I was cleaning all that stuff out. And I found a stack of feedback forms from my, like, fourth or fifth year of teaching. Uh-huh. AP U.S. History, and I'd, and I'd ask my kids, uh, my students, juniors, to say, okay, what did you what did you like most about this class? What could I have done better as your teacher? And just reading through those, mm-hmm. I sat there and bawled. Yeah, yeah. You know? Because, I mean, there's a lot of things like, okay, you know, it, but just the impact. Yeah. Right? And, the, and you don't even realize the impact you're making. It may mm-hmm. be years later, like I said. Mm-hmm. But, you know, don't get so worried about – the next step in your career, like you said earlier, Nathan, about counting the days to the vacation, which I think right. we all do a little bit. But just think about, you know, the impact you're making that day. Because mm-hmm. you might be the only thing that kid has. Yeah. Sure. Or your colleague. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. True. That's so true. I mean, I think about days, you know, especially as a young teacher and a young mother, right? There were days I'm dragging into school because I'd been up all night or I'd been thrown up on yeah. that, that yeah. morning before I had a change. and But a colleague would say, you know, you're doing a good job mm-hmm. or just go home and rest tonight. Like make sure you, you do something for yourself. And that does, that matters so much. Mm-hmm. So I love that you framed that not just in reference of the kids, but also for one another as colleagues. Yeah. And I think we underestimate that value sometimes, the value we have for one another. I know even in our teaching and learning department, like in, in, their, in their hub, in their room in there, they're always encouraging one another or bouncing ideas off of each other. Yeah, I mean, that environment, it's pretty interesting. I mean, there's so many people in there. Um, but the, the coolest thing about it is that, you know, when you when you are – you know, when you need an idea or you have something and uh, one of the things I typically do is I take something that I think I'm finished with, right? And and then I go and I share it with other people and, and it, man, it's annoying because they, they point out all this other stuff and like, I really don't want to hear it, but I know in the end, uh, the product's going to be better mm-hmm. as a result of it. You know, all those kinds of things, being able to work together. And, and it's nice to... I just, the other day, I think maybe it was yesterday, um, I came in and Lonnie had said, hey, they were talking about you at the junior high yesterday. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, what were they saying? (laughs) 
but it was it was just cool. He he said no, they were they were talking about you, and they said that you were one of the best administrators that they had ever worked with. Aww. And that was, was a like, compliment, Holy Nathan. That's smokes. great. Smokes. Like, so why didn't Lonnie lead with that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, you wait. Like, oh, they yeah. were talking about you. <laughs> yeah. But you know? just like y'all some were saying, of us would get worried. I know. <laughs> just like y'all were saying, though, like these are things, and and you know, you go back to the whole. People don't always remember what you say. They don't know, always mm-hmm. remember what you do, but they remember how you made them feel. And, yeah. and I think that's what that points to, right? And Lonnie and, didn't have to tell you that. No, but he true. did. But he, he did. did not. So he, yep. You know, that, he, that he didn't. probably is a result of that environment over that you guys have created. Right? Yeah, over yeah. our teaching and learning. You People know, it's like a it. constant PLC. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. You know? <laughs> Like, and if our, that's why our teachers need PLCs, right? right? To have that opportunity to collaborate and bounce ideas off of one and another. Vent. And, huh? And vent. And, and, and vent. to vent. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a natural thing. It is a natural thing. It's important that we're there for one another. Okay. I want you to think about your funniest moment as an educator. It could have been in the classroom, on the court. As a superintendent, your funniest moment. That also was not on the questions I was prepped for. Nope. So Carrie's hitting me with some hard ones today. But you're good on the fly. Um, so I have a funny moment, but it wasn't me. Uh-huh. It was my colleague. Okay. This was at LCM High School. And I was – I know he's not listening to the podcast, but Steve Griffiths was the head baseball coach, and he taught – I think he taught uh, sophomore history um, – world history and he was in the classroom next to mine like I was in an outside classroom because LCM was they had those courtyards right mm-hmm. so it was super humid all the time uh for those of you that don't know where LCM is it's on the border of Orange. it's in Orange Texas on the border of Texas and Louisiana so are the roads good out there the roads the roads the roads no. are bad right yes they're the roads awful are terrible. that's they what great, I re- that's what I think food, about though. LCM great food and great we had boudin every day for lunch <laughs> So I remember like I was teaching and, and uh, we were doing something in class and one of the kids came into my room, Coach Burke, Coach Burke, you have to come in here because something happened to Coach Griffith, so I'm freaking out. Uh-huh. You know, I'm like, oh, what happened, what happened, what happened? Because I was the basketball coach. So I go in there and he's like sitting at his desk and he looks pretty, I'm say embarrassed, sheepish, you know. Uh-huh. I was like, what happened? He goes, man. I was writing something on the chalkboard. Yeah, the, the flashback. The chalkboard, yeah. <laughs> and I bent over and my pants ripped. Oh, <laughs> no. From the seat of my pants. Because <laughs> he, he had the same thing every day. He's like, he wore a green coaching shirt and khaki pants. Oh, uh, right? he had a uniform. Kind of uniform back then. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, do you have any more? He's like, yeah, I was I'm like, well, I'll watch your class. But I remember that was fun. I mean, I'm uh-huh. sure there's other things that have happened that have yeah. been funny. But I just remember that, that, that thank God, that didn't happen to me. You know? Um, <laughs> But it was that was just really funny. Oh my you know? goodness! He was a great guy. Is a great guy. And that's that's one of those great things about education mm-hmm. and in the field that we're in. You know, I stepped out for a year or so, right? And I missed those moments. Right. Just that those moments of laughter where you laugh so hard you cry. And mm-hmm. with your colleagues, I think mine. Um, when I taught fourth grade. The state of Texas at this time said you had to have so many minutes of physical education. And we weren't gathering it through PE. And so we had to do extra physical activity with our kids. And so I would take my fourth graders outside and we would skip. 
The amount of children that cannot skip. And adults. Oh, my goodness. This was a TikTok challenge about three months ago. We would laugh. The children would laugh so hard at themselves and at each other and at me. And I just remember how much fun that would be just watching them skip around the pavilion over at what is now Greenleaf. Mm -hmm. Just, Just having so much fun together. All right, Dr. Burke, we're going to wrap this up. We know you've got several appointments to get to, but we appreciate you so much being spending some time with us here today. And so, you know, we always end every meeting with a launch. Yes. So what is your launch? Okay. Well, before I do the launch, I just like, please have me back. I love, I love this. This is great. And maybe I can be like a, a sometime guest. Absolutely. Time, but I know this is y'all's, y'all's bag. So it's our bag Nathan <laughs> bag of chips that I do uh, I do enjoy this and just uh, I love the, the podcast format so so I got sent this by my good friend Mike Patrick mm-hmm. who is the educational uh, lead at, at the uh, at Millican which is a textile company in South Carolina long, the oldest textile company in the US great friend of mine and he, and he always sends me things not every day but but you know three or four times a week and it always comes at a time where I need to hear it so this is his most recent one, and for those of you that, that are new to this, like our launch is we want to launch, you know, our audience out, mm-hmm. our kids out on a positive note, right? right? So seven things that people learn too late. Number one, everything is temporary. Mm, that's true. Number two, life isn't always fair. Hmm. Number three, family is greater than everything. Mm-hmm. Number four, kindness goes a long way. Yeah. Number five, a lifetime isn't as long as you think. Yeah. Six, the biggest risk is not taking any. Mm-hmm. And seven, which I think this rings true more and more as the older I get, right? You're responsible for your own happiness. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. on that note, it's been a pleasure being here today. I have to go have coffee and lunch with one of our uh, representatives in Congress um, with a lot of other folks from East Montgomery County, but it's been a pleasure being on the podcast and I hope you guys invite me back sometime soon. Thank you. Best of luck. It's a great day to be a Wildcat. It sure is.